Welcome to the Step Back 3 Cubed. I'm your host, Mr. Roach. Kelvin is here, but he doesn't want to say his name today, so he is stopping around. But remember to come back over here so that people can hear you when it is time to start talking. But I am going to start by uh, saying a couple things about the net of the household object assignment. Uh, you guys did a good job with that. I want to give a special shout out to Juliana and Shania, who are the two people that picked objects that were not rectangular prisms. It's okay if you pick the rectangular prism, but those are the ones that were a little more challenging. So I would encourage everyone to challenge themselves in the future a little bit more. Uh, the hey, stop, dude. Stop what? Stop being sorry. Doesn't trying to make it funny like you did in the last time and test. Okay. I laughed about it last night, silly. Okay, come on back over here. Okay, man. Thank you, lose the attitude. Let me show you a new thing. It's not going to be a graph this time. It's going to be what's called a simulation, and it's going to help us understand. Uh, what's going on and again just try and use data to show what's happening in the world right now in a way that makes a little sense so click on the Washington Post article and you can read all the top parts up there but scroll down a little bit till you start seeing the bouncing balls bouncing off each other uh, Calvin come over here and watch this with me as well because I want you to kind of get a sense of what's happening here uh, I'm going to run the new simulation so you can see again. So here's what you're going to see. You're going to see all these balls bouncing around. The blue ones are healthy, the orange ones are sick, and the pink ones are recovered. So that means they had the virus and then they either recovered from it and now they're not, not being affected with it anymore. But watch what happens as they bounce around. What do you see happening right now? The blues are turning into oranges. The blues are all turning into oranges because they bounce off them. So you see how every time a blue hits an orange, it turns orange. And now it's happening. Whenever an orange hits the pink, uh, the oranges turn pink. But the pinks are, so the, those ones are just turning pink after a certain period of time. So at the end, everything had turned pink. But there was a lot of those that were orange at the same time. That's what would happen with no uh, change at all. That's if they're, if we don't do anything to mitigate the spread. Scroll down to the second one, and that's the quarantine idea. So now you'll see that when people are sick on that one side, now everybody over here is sick, and now some people are getting through and infecting the rest of the population. So now what's happening? Now some of the... Now some of it is... Now, now different colors, some of it is turning back coming through. Yeah, so look at the graph over here. That's why, th this graph is kind of the reason why it doesn't work to quarantine people for just a sh short period of time and then let them out because then we'd end up like the second half of that graph. Now look at the third simulation down there. What do you notice that's happening in this one, Calvin? Well, some of them are staying still. That's the idea where if a lot of us stay still, that's what we're doing right now. We're staying in our home so that we stay still and we don't bounce around and infect other people. What's happening with the dots? Well, some of them are moving around. And are they changing color? Yes. Are they changing color as fast as they were in the first simulation? Well, no. No, and that's kind of the idea with what's happening now. If, as many of us stay home, we, those would be the dots that aren't moving as possible, then we make that curve a little bit flatter, and then it's easier to deal with. 
That was with, I believe, that was with a quarter of the population moving. And then here, the next one is one-eighth of the population moving. And now what do you see happening? Very few of the dots are moving. Yeah. And what's happening with the colors? They're changing even, even though some of them are in their house. Yeah, but very, they're changing a lot slower. Look at the graph over time. You see how over the course of that whole whole thing, a bunch of people stayed healthy the whole time. The ones that were staying at home mostly. Yeah, one, 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 1019 people. Ours is 119. Yours might be different because it, they're doing the simulations at random, so everybody will have different ones. But for us, we had 119 people still healthy at the end of all this. And that's, again, why the point is to try and keep people at home as much as possible. So... A lot of them ended up not getting sick at all. I that, wanna, is there any ones where it's all just blue? Um, I think that would only be if we could just keep everybody at home the whole time. And that's not really possible. Mm. All right. So if you scroll down, you'll see four graphs. There's the first graph, and that's what happens if we don't do anything. And obviously, that looks like the bad curve on flatten the curve where the whole healthcare system is overwhelmed. This... Second graph is better, but still bad. The second hump in that graph would definitely get too high for most healthcare systems to handle. The third graph is, again, better, but still not ideal. And the fourth is the best, and that's why we have to try and stay at home as much as possible for a long time. Because, again, the point of that is it has to, it's going to take a long time to go over that. And then, hopefully, at some point in there, we get a vaccine and it'll be able to come out again. But again, we shouldn't expect that for quite some time here. All right, let's take a break and talk about the game we played yesterday. What game yeah. did we play? Um, Sentinels. Of the Multiverse. Yeah, it's a game called Sentinels of the Multiverse. It's a cooperative game where you're not playing each other. You're playing against a opponent. You each get to play as a superhero. These are made-up superheroes, not like Marvel and DC ones. Like the three... Superheroes we used were. You remember who we used? Um. Who did I'll, you use? I'll, I'll tell mine, you tell yours. Okay, who did you use? Ra. Ra. What's Ra's powers? I forget. He's a fire god, so he's, okay. a, so he's a guy who found a staff that gave him these fire powers, so he can control fire with that. And then I used Wraith, who is a... She's kind of like Batman. She has a lot of tools and everything uh, that she uses. And then who that is... That healing picture looks weird where she just showing her arm back together. Uh, yeah, so that's how she heals. And then the third... Oh, I used Fanatic, who has a cool sword and everything. And we... Like, the point is that you battle against a bad guy with using your powers, and they can fight back, and the environment messes things up, too. But it's a really good cooperative game uh, with a lot of expansions, so we highly recommend it. Alright, next thing we're going to talk about is pyramids. What do you know about pyramids? Well, they're pointy. They're, they are pointy. And they're, and they're made out of sand? They're made... They're in... A lot of them are in deserts, which... I uh, not all of them are, as uh, some of you are going to show us in the assignment for today, but a lot of them are in desert, and you remember what country? Um, ancient Egypt. Egypt. Well, I mean, they were built in ancient Egypt, but they are still around in Egypt today. They're the only seven, seven wonder of the world that is still around. Uh, the... 
Do you know what why they were built? No. They were built to the at least the Egyptian ones were built to honor pharaohs. Those were the leaders of Egypt back then, and they had they forced people to build them to put their body in when they died. And yeah, that's not good because again, we don't force people to work. That's called slavery. But they built these a long time ago, and they've stood for all that time because they built them pretty sturdily. The thing that you need to know geometrically about pyramids is that the volume of a pyramid is going to be exactly one-third of a rectangular prism that has the same height, width, and length. So I can't really explain this on the podcast as well as you'll be able to see it. So I'm going to also attach a video to this that shows you where that formula comes from. I think it does a pretty good job of explaining the formula, but you'll see that for finding the volume of a pyramid, you're just doing one-third times the area of the base. Because, again, this is going to be true of any type of, tri any type of pyramid, not just square pyramids or rectangular pyramids. There's also triangular pyramids or hexagonal pyramids or octagonal pyramids. You can have any type of pyramid. The name of the pyramid is the same as how many sides there are in the base. So you can find the area of the base, multiply it by the height, and multiply that by one-third to find the volume. To find the surface area of a pyramid, what you're going to do is you're going to find the area of the base and then add that to the area of all of the triangles that make up the lateral surface area. You can find the... We are almost done. I'm just trying to explain the surface area of a pyramid. So you need to find the area of each of those triangles by doing the length of each of the sides of the base times what's called the slant height of a pyramid. A slant height is different from the height. The way that I always explain this is that the height of a pyramid is like if you were standing up at the apex of a pyramid, if you were up at the tippy top point of a pyramid, and you drop the ball, what would happen to the ball? It would fall straight down. Calvin is dropping the ball that he's playing with to show that. So that's the height of the pyramid. From the apex straight down to the middle of the base is the height. The slant height would be, let's say that you were on top of the pyramid and you rolled the ball down the side. If you did that, it wouldn't go straight down to the base. It would go down to the middle of one of the edges of the base. And that's called the slant height of the pyramid. And that's different than the regular height. So the slant height you need to use to help find the surface area. Because that slant height is what you're going to multiply by each of the side lengths of the base. And then you're going to divide by two because those are all triangles. Then you can add all the triangles together and you can add that to the base of the pyramid. And that will give you the surface area of the whole wow. pyramid there. Does that make sense? What? Did that make sense to you? About slant height versus height. Oh, yeah! So height is when you drop the ball straight down, and slant height is when you roll the ball down the side. And you can use that to help find the volume and surface area of the pyramids that you're going to find in today's lesson. Alright, that's it for episode 3 about pyramids. Uh, I look forward to hearing or like reading all your research on various pyramids later today. See you tomorrow.